What is up? Level Up Nation, Happy New Year, <coughs> and welcome to the January 18th edition and first show of 2024 of OTN's Level Up Live, your home for gaming news where the hottest takes happen. My name is Fiasco, but you can call me John, I'm joined as always by the king of the courtside, the courtside king, still reigning strong as ever, long live the king, Joey. What's up, buddy? I don't know if I'm raining too strong lately. It's been a little bit of an up and down as far as colds go. I feel like right around Christmas time I caught a cold and then it went away for a little bit and then it comes back and it always seems to come back right around Thursday. Uh, so unfortunately we have delayed a few shows, but we're back. Uh, hopefully I won't cough through this whole thing. We're going to try to avoid most of that. Uh, with that being said, John, the year's off to a hot start. Uh, we already have a game of the year contender in the Prince of Persia, the Lost Crown. We have a new Xbox showcase that just dropped today and will be covered on today's show. Uh, but I think we are right moving into the heart of 2024, uh, just here in the month of January, as far as gaming news already. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, 2024 is hit the ground running. It is off to a hot start, like you were saying, Joey. So we have a ton to talk about today. Uh, we got a couple of weeks worth of info to catch up on as well. Uh, Joey, I hope you are feeling uh, well, buddy. I know you mentioned that you've had that cold that seems to kick back up at the end of the week but uh you're looking good you're sounding good even with that cough and and we're, we're happy you're uh <laughs> right on cue <laughs> we're happy you're able to join us uh here tonight to kick off the new year level up style nation while let's see here haven't done this in a while make sure you follow the show oh it's a social media read on twitter slash x and facebook at OTN Media. We are on threads and Instagram too, at OTN underscore media. And while you're on Twitter, X, Instagram, and threads, make sure you give Joey and myself a follow at Courtside King for Joey, at Fiasco for me. And we are there for you as well. Nation, while the live show is the best place to be for all the hottest takes in gaming news right here on Level Up Live, have no fear. If you are busy, check out the Level Up podcast available on your podcatcher of choice. Available roughly 24 hours after the live show. Extra credit. Earn a hug from Joey anywhere in the continental 48 states from Joey once he is feeling better by using your Prime sub today on OTN Media. Uh, that is not false advertising. That is not false marketing. Joey will do it eventually. All right, Joey. Uh, you mentioned a little bit uh, what we're talking about today. Is there anything else we want to hit on on topic rundown before we kick things off? Yeah, I mean, guys, this is going to be a little bit of an Xbox-heavy episode. There's not a ton to touch on for Nintendo. We have a little bit of PlayStation news. Xbox, again, the kind of the highlight of today's show will be that developer direct. We got new looks at stuff like Avowed, Hellblade, Indiana Jones, our first reveal on that one. Uh, Aura, History Untold as well. We had a little bit of Elder Scrolls Online news that dropped today for their new expansion. And then we have some multi-plat gaming news as well uh, for the sports fans out there. Some big sports games coming up this year, too. All right, Nation, we have our topics. But first, as is tradition, we have to go through our drink of choice. Joey, if your drink of choice is not some kind of soothing medication for your 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 cough uh, and your cold, you are doing it wrong. So it better be hot tea with honey. Uh, no hot tea, actually, just water. Staying hydrated, you know, staying, staying with it. Uh, I actually ran out of time, so I didn't get to make tea before the show, but that would have been a great idea. Um, but yeah, water, and then we'll chase Holy. it with NyQuil afterwards. Chase it with NyQuil, my man. And a shot of whiskey, we'll get to, we'll get it done quicker. Joey, in this beautiful light purple cup that I have right here in my hand, 
That is not it's, purple. It's purple. It's like a periwinkle. I'm serious. Okay, I'll give you periwinkle. It definitely looks pink. Oh, no, no, no. I have a pink one. This is not pink. Okay. I, I think it's just the lights reflecting on it, to be completely honest. It's anywho, Joey, I know my purples. Don't do not. This is not <laughs> what we're we're not here to argue about colors, um, but I am having tea. It's not hot tea. It's cold tea. <laughs> it's sweet tea. It is the best kind of tea. It's my tea. Simple as that. Joey, we have our topics. We have our beverages. Uh, let's see if I remember how to do this properly, uh, which means we are ready to get in. To, let's see here. Yeah. Uh, gaming <laughs> and esports news. But first. Today's episode is <laughs> presented by Gamer Bites, bite-sized gaming news delivered weekly directly to your inbox. Sign up today, otnmedia.org slash GB. Sign up. If you cannot tell, it has been weeks since we have done this, almost a month. I think that is the best way you can tell by that horrific segue into our first section. Joey, uh, I can think of no better way to butcher the intro of the Nintendo section, so I'll turn it over to you. What in the world's happening in the world of Nintendo? I mean, honestly, the biggest thing in the world in Nintendo right now is everyone waiting for the reveal of the Switch 2 or the Super Nintendo Switch or whatever it ends up being called. It seems like most people are anticipating a fall release maybe sometime around September uh, based on our friends over at GameShark kind of leaking a little bit of information about the next release of their GameShark device, which will coincide with the release of the next Switch. So again, sometime around that September-August time frame is what we're currently looking at. With that being said... There's still a good nine months before we get there. So what is Nintendo delivering? Well, I don't have it in stone, but I do think we're going to get a Nintendo Direct next month. So we should see some games. Uh, with that being said, we're not going to leave you guys empty handed here. We do have a little bit of a trailer for a game that kind of came out of nowhere. This is Mario vs. Donkey Kong, Pieces of the Puzzle, uh, a new trailer that Nintendo put out this past week. It is set to launch on February 16th, 2024, with over 130 levels to play. Uh, for those live with us here on Twitch, we'll go ahead and play that trailer now. Um, John, this looks like a fun little Mario experience, right? It's nothing like crazy. It's not your next big Mario Galaxy or one of those 3D Mario games. Um, but it is a nice little platformer similar to what we got recently in Mario Wonder. Uh, some nice, cool little mechanics. For those with us here on Twitch, you're seeing some fireball mechanics, classic Mario with the piranhas. You got some icicle mechanics in here, a little bit of biome diversity for the plumber. Uh, overall, I think it looks like a fun little experience. Is it something that's going to move the needle a ton? Probably not. Then again, Nintendo Switch always seems to surprise with what it puts out and how well it does. Yeah, and apparently my camera doesn't work on this scene anymore, so we'll uh, we'll figure that one out a little bit later. Good times, good oh. times. Uh, yeah, welcome back. Oh. Again, it's been about a month since we've been here, guys. Uh, thanks for all the listens in December, by the way. I think we hit a new record high in December, so keep those listens coming. Now that we're putting episodes back out, we'd love to have you return. Uh, and again, if you guys want to talk to us on the show... You can do so at OTN Media on X is probably the best way. Uh, shoot us a DM on there. Let us know what you want us to talk about. Let us know your comments, questions, concerns. Uh, we'd love to have a little bit more community engagement throughout the show as we move forward. Next up, John, I think we can head over to PlayStation, who is about to bring us The Last of Us Part 2 Remastered. Uh, yeah, that seems to be the theme over there at Naughty Dog recently. The remastering of The Last of Us, again, legendary games, now with remastered visuals. This one's set to drop on January 19th, and so far, pretty strong reviews coming in. Uh, last I checked, it was averaging around a 92 on Open Critic and a 92 on Metacritic. So again, really strong reviews. It's a remastered game. It's not a remake. The story is the same. So this, the original story scored very well. Yes, it's very likely the remaster was going to score very well. 
The biggest thing here, uh, you're getting updated visuals, so now you kind of have a new engine. Uh, there's new cleaner visuals for a game that already had pretty clean visuals, in my humble opinion. Uh, then on top of that, you get a few new modes as well. The big one a lot of people are looking at is the no return roguelite mode, kind of offering a different perspective for The Last of Us and allowing that roguelite element of kind of that replayability that comes with those style of game modes. Uh, overall, John, I think this one looks good. I think it's going to land very well. And again, The Last of Us as a series, I think, is very high right now. Not only did it do very well when those games released, but you just had the HBO show that came out that did phenomenally well. Lots of awards being won for that show and the actors and actresses within it as well. And then on top of that, there are rumors of a Last of Us Part 3. What better way to wet that palette once again than throw out another remaster? Anything else on The Last of Us 2 or Part 2 Remaster, John? Uh, I want more Last of Us. It's a great game. It's a great series. It's a great story. Uh, so, yes, more please. There you go. Next up, we have Square Enix's Foam Stars, also coming to PlayStation players. This is like Splatoon, but with foam. Uh, kind of Nintendo's take on Splatoon, taking that, twisting it up, and being in the Square Enix sense of throwing it out there once again, but with foam. Set to launch on February 6th and will be included as a PlayStation Plus monthly game. Uh, this is an interesting one, right? Uh, Graphics-wise, it's nothing absolutely stellar. Again, it is very similar to that vein of the Splatoon-style graphics we have from the Nintendo game. But it is a different take. It's available on a different platform. Uh, it's one of those things that now we're kind of seeing someone else adopt the same idea and a popular idea on Switch and try to put it out as their own. Is it going to be too much of a copycat? I think you could argue yes, possibly. Um, but at the same point, Splatoon is not available on PlayStation, is not available on Xbox. So dropping this game on other platforms like a PlayStation in this case could end up finding a similar audience to what Nintendo's Splatoon found just on another platform entirely. So I think it could be successful. It could be one of those little dark horse games as a fun experience. I don't think it's going to be one that writes... A ton of checks in my humble opinion but at the same point i do think it could be a fun game coming out here for playstation players uh in february will you be diving into the phone pit phone pit john no uh, uh <laughs> is it coming out on playstation 4 i i missed that part uh i'm not sure if it is actually i don't it's yeah. not very graphically intense so it's very possible it will be i only own a playstation 4 <laughs> in the playstation ecosystem at the moment so there you go. So we'll keep an eye on Foam Stars. If you guys want to dive in and let us know how Splatoony it is, please do so. Uh, it does look quite fun, but at the same point, I don't know if it's a game I'm necessarily out there ready to dive into. But hey, PlayStation Plus, it is free for you guys on February 6th. So go check that out. No one wants to turn down free. <laughs> Next up in the Xbox section, we have a new slate of Game Pass editions for the second half of January. Uh, a number of titles coming here. We had a good assessment uh, or a good assortment, rather, coming in in early January, including Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Up for this next bet, we have quite a few. We have Those Who Remain coming to cloud console and PC. Uh, this is kind of a dark horror story type of game. Uh, First-person psychological thriller that's story-driven. We have Turnip Boy Robs a Bank, the sequel to one of John's favorite, Turnip Boy, what was it, something tax commits tax evasion? Tax uh, evasion. There you go. So this is the sequel to that. Cloud Console and PC, January 18th, and available day one on Game Pass. Uh, this time he's robbing a bank. I don't know exactly what that looks like, um, but that probably means a little bit more combat than we had in the original game. Uh, F123 is coming to console and PC via EA Play on January 18th. If you guys want to dive into the latest edition of the F1 franchise, Pal World, console, cloud, and PC, January 19th. Uh, this is a weird one, John. This is like Pokemon with guns. 
Uh, yes. You can embark on an open world adventure through Pal World where you can discover and capture over 100 pals, a.k.a. Pokemon, uh, unveil the secrets of this mysterious land, overcome formidable bosses, and build powerful bases. Use your pals to do tasks for you and automate entire production lines. Uh, I think we need to dive further into this one. Yep. This is a wacky game, John. I don't know if you saw anyone stream it during like the early access period. But people were, like, picking up this thing that looked like a Growlithe and turning it into a flamethrower in their hands. Uh, and then they burn this little, like, Chansey-looking Pokemon, or Pal in this case. Uh, it's it's weird. I get the Pokemon Edge, and I definitely think there's an audience for Pokemon games outside of the Nintendo universe. But did we really need to hand them Gatling guns and things? I just I feel like that might be a little excessive here. Joey, I'll tell you this right now. <coughs> Jigglypuff... Gatling gun, I'm coming to your home. <laughs> Good luck. Good so luck. disturbing. Like, why, <laughs> why, why do we need guns in this game? <laughs> because we are tired of, of, of real-life Pokemon using fake wizardry and sorcery to cast spells. We, they, they need a gun. What's, I mean, if you're trying to take Pokemon and make it into its most American self, it has to have guns. It's as simple as that. That's what Power World is. American Pokemon. Okay, do me a favor, because we have the image up here on Twitch. Can you scroll down just a little bit for the key art for Pal World? It is literally holding a Gatling gun. I mean, yes. this is just wild art to me. Like, That's, what? Um, was it? Uh, hold on. Pokemon. <coughs> but it's not actually a Pokemon. It looks like it, though. Hold on. It, it does. They all look very similar to Pokemon, if we're being completely honest. I'm really surprised this game has not been sued by Nintendo, but here we are. Nintendo's uh, too busy dead. shutting down local Smash scenes. Hey, there we, there we have it. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. Was, was that unacceptable? Electrobuzz. That is 100% a fat Electrobuzz that ate way too many Jigglypuffs and got way too big. That's exactly what it is. And you think I'm joking? Look at it this. It does Hold kind on. of look like an Electrobuzz. No. I'll give you that. 100%. That other thing looks like that's an Electrobuzz. Yeah. That is a fat Electrobuzz. 100%. You cannot tell me otherwise. Yeah, I'll give you fat Electrobuzz. Yeah. Thank you. We'll take it. Yeah. El- I think Elefante or something is that other one behind it. Um, but yeah, they definitely, I'm curious what their names are. If they're like Pokemon and they only say their name, uh, what the difference is going to be here. It looks like a little Mareep, a little sheep guy in the middle there. Uh, yeah, this feels like a lawsuit waiting to happen, but it hasn't yet. So we're going to try it when it drops later on. Uh, it drops tomorrow, actually, for Game Pass subscribers. Cloud, console, PC, give it a try. Uh, next up, we have Go Mechball. That's January 25th. Cloud, console, and PC. Brotato, I am legit excited for. I had no idea what this game was, so I looked it up. Okay, don't shake your head yet. I am. I'm shaking yet. my head. One of the Game of the Year winners from last year was Vampire Survivors. And this sounds like it plays very similarly. Top-down roguelite arena shooter where you play a potato wielding up to six weapons at a time to fight off hordes of aliens. Choose from a variety of traits and items to create unique builds and survive until help arrives. I know. You guys are going to make fun of Brotato, but I'm telling you, give Brotato a try, and I have a feeling this game is going to be a big hit on Game Pass when it drops January 30th. Okay, hold on a second. I am. You're not getting away this easily. I Are just, you pulling up videos or something of it? Yes, I am. I've not seen gameplay. You, but you're <laughs> recommending it? What What are you? <laughs> Absolutely. I. It has the recommendation of Phil Spencer and a lot of Vampire Survivor players. And I am all about Vampire Survivors. And we act like Phil and that group of gamers are trustworthy? I don't think so. Go ahead. Let's see Brotato in action. 
This key art is great. Big fan. Nice little potato. Oh, yeah. He's got a shotgun. This is it, John. This you is just game got done complaining about literally fake Pokemon with guns, but now a potato, a spud, can run around with a shotgun. I mean, that is a stud of a spud, if we're being honest here. It's a brotato. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, I'll do it for this edition of Level Up Live. I hope you enjoyed because we're not coming back. I don't know, man. I think this could be the game. This one's looking good. Brotato. Oh, and you got the re-rolls. You can switch your guns up. There's an item called Broken Mouth. It's perfect. Game of the year. He's got three shotguns. He doesn't even have arms. How can he have three? (laughs) He's a Brotato, man. I'm telling you, Brotato is going to be a hit. Check out Brotato again, dropping January 30th for those Game Pass subscribers. Couple more for the late January, early February editions here. Persona 3 Reload, very popular. Uh, Big game coming out of Japan, the remastered edition of Persona 3. That one is going to be a giant hit, dropping February 2nd onto Game Pass. And then Anushard is dropping Cloud Console PC February 6th as well. Uh, The Kingdom of Anishard has fallen generations after the collapse. Its surviving descendants have chosen you to become the bell wielder of the magical Aldrus Bell. Go forth, battle monsters, solve puzzles, and restore Anishard to its former skyward glory. Uh, I don't know too much about that one, so I will not be pimping that one out as much as the potato, but uh, if you guys want to check that out, go ahead and Pimp my potato? Or are you, like, pitching for an MTV show here? You never know, John. You never know. Uh, also, to come back also to do it. <laughs> leaving January 31st, if you guys want to pick these up at your 20% Game Pass subscriber discount, Hitman World of Assassination and F1 2021 will both be exiting the service on January 31st. There's no point in buying 21 when 23 is on Game Pass. Absolutely not. That is a key. <laughs> that right there is a pro play. Do not buy 21. <laughs> no. Uh, it's, like, it's like, oh, yeah, I bought Madden 16. It was a great deal. 2016 yeah yeah, great i hope you got it for free <laughs> yeah i would get that madden what was it 20 was it 2001 which everyone had michael vick and he's been like oh. the highest rated madden player of all time yeah he was a cheat code hold on i can't remember it was like uh, was it 2000 or 2001 it was somewhere around there i think i think it was like 2004 michael vick on cover of madden 2004 there yeah, you go PlayStation 2, that's the one if you can pick up an old sports game that is definitely the one i would recommend Oh, yeah. Here, here you go. Yeah, look at that. Dude was broken. Such a high <laughs> pass rating, such a high rushing. Whew. No comment. <laughs> so, so good. Okay, next up, we have Stalker 2. We have a new look and a release window for this. For those live with us here on the stream on Twitch, we'll go ahead and play that trailer. Uh, it is dropping September 5th. Uh, we got some new screenshots for this one as well. Um, but overall, Stalker 2 is one of those games that has kind of been in development hell, but in its own way. Uh, unfortunately, Uh, Ukraine and Russia, the war is still going on over there. And a lot of these developers were based in Ukraine at the time. Since then, they've moved a lot of the studio over to Poland and have continued to work on this game. It was originally supposed to come out in 2022, obviously the war delaying things quite a bit, uh, and now set for a later fall release date in 2024. Everything we've heard about this game is phenomenal. Uh, Lots of really cool story stuff involved, as well as just really nice graphics from what we've seen screenshot-wise. Again, anything can happen. Um, But it does seem like the game will continue moving forward, even though it has been through quite the development, to say the least. So again, guys, big, another big feature game set to release this fall for Xbox and PC. 
Developer Direct. This was the new format Xbox tried last year where they had developers come out and share their games one-on-one with the with the players of the games that eventually would play the games. Uh, we had five different ones featured last year, and this year was featuring five as well. Four from First Party, and then one with Visions of Mana showing up from Square Enix. Uh, John, we can just kind of walk our way through these as they were shown. First up was Avowed. This is kind of an epic RPG in the Pillars of Eternity universe uh, that has been created by Obsidian. Obsidian never seems to miss when they make games. It seems like this one may deliver as well. Uh, We had some question marks around the new art style when they originally showed it. I think it was this past summer. And John and I were like, "Uh, it looks like they took a step back from where it was originally. Well, it looks like it's all come together and you have this sick key art that you now see here on screen. John, go ahead and break down this piece for us. (laughs) This thing is wild. Uh imagine a human body with a skull that is showing that is branching into a tree with neck muscles that are also branching into a tree with leaves leading down to shoulders that look like gigantic leaves that are possibly molding and coral down into the uh, rib cage, which also looks like branches of a tree, uh, which has a artwork of buildings with domes on top of it, which is kind of cool. It looks like the Last of Us fungus is growing on the right <laughs> hip of said skeleton human while holding a claymore sword. Um, yeah, it looks pretty gnarly. My description does not do it any justice. Definitely go look this thing up. This thing looks absolutely nutty. Supposedly, this might be the cover art for it, too. That would be... I mean, let's be real here. Physical copies of games don't exist. Uh, but yes, this will be badass to load a game up to and see. Yeah, for it's all really three cool. seconds of it, or or for you people out there that so desperately will want us to look at your wallpaper on the Xbox home screen. Congratulations, <laughs> you'll see this for eight seconds while you're loading up into the game. Yeah, definitely a cool piece of art. Uh, on top of that, we got a little look at the gameplay, and we can show you guys that here on Twitch as well. Um, I think the gameplay looks pretty good. My biggest question mark, I think, with the gameplay is it looked a little bit slow to me, John, and I'm curious to hear your thoughts on it as well. Uh, but there is some cool stuff. They showcase guns. They showcase swords. They showcase magic wands, the ability to dual wheel magic wands, uh, which was kind of wild as well. We got to look at some of the new enemies. I think biome-wise, this game is absolutely going to deliver. Just from a little snippet of 10 minutes or whatever of gameplay, we ended up getting, I think it was like six or seven different biomes. So you're going to have a ton of different biomes available, which I think really is a key part of RPGs. One, you have the element of the story. Very important how the quest is going to play itself out. They went into a lot of the branching narrative decisions where if you decide to make a decision that's extreme in one way or another, it will impact the way the game plays out and the world kind of evolves around you. Uh, So if you end up, uh, let's say you go up against a thief lord and you give him his life. You don't take his life at the end. And you say, live on, thief lord. Then maybe he'll come back in your life in one way or another as an ally or as another enemy. Any of those kind of big, bold choices can impact the story. Um, But again, the different biomes also bringing a lot of variety to the table, allowing you to kind of vary your adventure as you work your way across uh, the living lands here. Um, Any thoughts on the combat yourself, John, in this one? Uh, I like the double wand idea. I mean, can you imagine dual wielding uh, Avada Kedavra spells at people while, while you're while you're going around this mythical world? Like, I mean, it's just the killing curse is pretty pretty epic. Uh, dual wielding that uh, uh, you know, <laughs> little Harry Potter crossover there. Oh uh, yeah, no, I, I like I like it. I think it's unique. I think games nowadays 
have to think outside the box like dual wheeling wands uh, to really kind of stand out. I mean, it, a lot of times games come out and the first thing we say is, oh, this game reminds us, re- reminds us of game A, B, C, and D. Or, oh, this game looks like a knockoff version of Pokemon. Or, oh, this game looks like a knockoff version of X, Y, and Z. Uh, whatever it is, a lot of games look the same or the mechanics feel the same. Uh, so I, I appreciate it when a game goes outside the box and, and kind of tries new different mechanics when it comes to fighting and, and shooting and just combat in general. Agreed. And I think they should do a pretty good job with it. <clears throat> I didn't realize I was muted. Uh, agreed. Yeah, I think they should do a pretty good job with it. Again, this is a studio known for storytelling. But they've also helped with other games like Elder Scrolls, like Fallout in the past. So they kind of know some about that branching narrative, um, not only from their own games, but also assisting with those in kind of that more first-person RPG aspect as well. So I think it's going to deliver. I was a little hesitant about Avowed, but I think based on the feedback that it's getting so far in social media, a lot of people are pretty excited for this one. And it does look like that combat will deliver, even if it does look a little bit slow to me personally. Next up on the slate, I believe we had Senwa's Saga Hellblade 2. Uh, John, this game looks unreal. Uh, it is one of the ones, and there is some negative feedback coming out now. Uh, it is going to be priced at $50, so a bit lower than a normal game, which I have no issue with a lower price personally. <laughs> Not at all. Uh, two, it's going to be a little bit of a shorter story. It's going to be about the same length as the original game, which was about 6 to 10 hours, depending on how fast you play through these kind of story games. I, again, have no issue with that either. Uh, I, I think we're in a day and age where there's way too many games that are 25-plus hours, and I am perfectly fine paying less and playing a little bit less as well. Uh, I, I think a nice 8- to 10-hour game is perfectly fine for this one, and a $50 price point for people who do not have Game Pass I think is very reasonable as well. Uh, all in all, I think this, again, we already know it based on internal documents from PlayStation. This is going to set the bar for the studios moving forward as far as photorealism goes. Both Xbox and PlayStation are using this game as kind of their foundational game for where photorealism should be moving forward. Uh, on top of that, the narrative and the audio. John, I, the original game, I was talking about it in Discord earlier, I still think to this day it's probably the best audio-designed game out there, even going up against stuff like Forza that uses tons of different audio. Uh, I think the fact that they're now going to take not only the voices in your head, but all the environment and make that 3D for this new game, I, I think this is already going to win your Audio Design of the Year award. I can't imagine any other game coming close to it. Yeah, the last thing I need is the voices in my head coming <laughs> at to me in 7.1 Dolby Atmos. Uh, so it feels like I'm completely consumed uh, by those voices in my head. Yeah, Joey, this sounds like a fantastic idea for therapists around the world to increase their clientele. Um, no, I, I, I think you're right, though. I, I think overall this studio has has found something. They, they, they found... The, the secret code that they have found the Konami code, if you will, when it comes to designing and creating uh, not just the next generation of games using photorealism, but just finding ways to take things most gamers overlook, like audio design, like graphic design, like the, the finer details that go into a lot of these games. A lot of people just look at the game and, oh, I just want to play the game. Oh, they're cool. This looks great. But they don't actually enjoy uh, the soundtrack, the 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 sound effects, the engineering behind it, and, and and the entire teams that go in to to build this environment that you can become immersed in, uh, and, and I agree with you, Joey, too. You know, eight to ten hours, single player game, um, 
you know, you, you mentioned, you know, all the games out there that are like like 20 and, and 40 hours long. Look, I mean, you're you're spot on there too. But just just leave it at the fact that that there's so many more games now, period, that are fighting for your time. You know, I, I think we were one of the biggest you know voices against these constant price hikes of these video games. I mean, there's nothing worse than paying full price for the new Call of Duty to play three missions uh, and then just you know go straight on to a, a multiplayer game. Uh, there's nothing worse than playing a game and being burnt out after, you know, 18 hours. And, oh, hate to break it to you, you still have 22 hours more to go uh, before you beat the game. Um, you know, I, I think the 10, the 10 to 12 hour mark probably is a sweet spot, maybe 8 to 12 uh, at the low end and the high end and, and keep it at 50 or 60 bucks. Simple as that. I don't think gamers are going to complain if it's a good game with a good story with good mechanics and a good, you know, uh, narrative and, and sound engineering that immerses you into that game, no gamer's going to complain. I, I think the biggest complaints are is that uh, the story didn't engage us for the full 20, 40 hours of this game, that the, the graphics and the storytelling and the sound just kind of fell off towards the end. Like, in the beginning, it was great. That was your hook. But then towards the middle of the game, it fell off, and then it picks back up at the end to hopefully win you back over. Joy, I, I can't tell you how many games I've played that the, the beginning was great, the middle was meh, and the ending was fantastic. But I, to get to the ending, it felt like you had to go through quicksand. Um, eight to 12 hours, single-player game, I think that's perfectly fine, especially when we still have major MMORPGs out there that are trying to vie for every single moment of your consciousness. Um, you have multiplayer games that are completely replayable multiple, multiple times a day. Uh, your time is split between games, social, not social media, um, uh, uh, other forms of, of, of uh, multimedia like uh, Netflix, streaming services, uh, books, if you like reading books, audiobooks. I mean, your attention is being pulled in so many different directions. A 40-hour game is going to find itself on your shelf before you finish it nine times out of ten for, for, the, for the casual gamer out there and, and not the completionist. And even for completionists like you, Joey, I mean, I can't imagine. First off, I can't imagine. But I can't <laughs> imagine at all, uh, you know, you sit here wanting to 100% this game. It's going to take longer than 40 hours. It's going to be closer to like 100 trying to unlock all those achievements. And God forbid you clicked left instead of right one time. And now you have to replay the entire story to get that last achievement. You know, to me, it's I think that the industry is at a point where they need to be real with themselves. And they kind of need to take a step back and be like, hey, look, you know, yes, we want to put content out there. Yes, we want to put amazing games out there. But we also want to be respectful of our gamers' times. Think of it this way, Joey, and then I'll turn it back over to you. Remember back in high school, your English teacher, she wanted you to write that dreaded five-page paper, and you're like, oh, my God, five pages. How am I going to fill up five pages? And in the instructions, it says, I want a full five pages of, of coherent thought. No fluff. Do not give me fluff. Gaming industry, do not give us fluff. Give us a coherent story. And if it only takes you eight hours to do it, do not give me four hours of fluff. Kill it at eight hours and ship it out and enjoy your rewards and your money. 
Yeah, no, I mean, I think that's a great way to put it. The other thing I think of is like anime, right? Yes. Like uh, I thought the One Piece act, like live action adaptation was great. And I'm like, ooh, maybe I should go back and watch the original anime. Then I look and it's like a thousand something episodes. Yeah. And just being an anime fan, I know most of those episodes are filler and they're probably not worth my time. Uh, and I, uh, okay, maybe not worth my time is the poor way of putting it. Uh, I'm sure there's good stuff in there overall. But again, it's like you're mentioning, like with all the side quests almost, you look at a game like Assassin's Creed, that's going to take you 60 plus hours for the most part if you do any side quest. Like, the main story is long enough because you're traversing this friggin' ginormous continent, but on top of that, you throw in the side quests, and you throw in the side arenas, and all the other little things here and there that you can do to immerse yourself into the world, and it becomes hours upon hours upon hours of game. It almost feels like an MMO, in a sense, in that, because you're putting so, so much time into the game itself. So yes, I am perfectly fine with a contained game that's eight hours, that has phenomenal visuals, phenomenal audio design, and it is just a great eight-hour experience. Give it to me. Love it. Uh, if you guys have not played the original, I highly recommend it. Uh, it is it is creepier than I generally lean toward. Uh, it has a little bit of that kind of thriller suspense aspects to it, uh, as well as dives a lot into mental health. Uh, the whole premise of the game is talking about the mental health condition of psychosis. So a lot of it is like hearing voices in your head. Uh, a lot of it is kind of hearing people pushing you and encouraging you, but also kind of putting you down in your head as well in these voices. Highly recommend playing it with headphones on uh, so you can kind of get the full effect of the voices all around you. Yeah. Uh, but also the environmental design is really cool, and I'm really excited to see a full game do it. Uh, in this last game, there was some environmental 3D audio. Uh, there was one zone, and again, I don't want to get into too many spoilers, um, but there's different shard challenges you have to take on along the way, and one of them was you're pretty much blind. The game takes the whole screen and makes it pitch dark. So you can't see anything, but you can hear everything around you. So you're kind of navigating your way through these pathways just based on what you're hearing around you, whether it's wind or water or chimes or a growling monster or whatever it may be. Um, it's just it's such a cool way of designing a game. So highly recommend it. Uh, again, there was a boss a little early on that was kind of a turn down. Uh, he was a little bit difficult for me. Val Raven, I think is his name. He was an illusion based boss. So I would recommend not going his path first because that one avoided made me avoid the game for a little while. Um, but he's pretty much the <laughs> toughest boss in the game, in my humble opinion. So if you can get past him, you can get past any of them. Um, but definitely worth checking it out. And again, it's like a six to eight hour experience. Nothing too, too crazy there. Joey got scared on the first boss. It's cute. Oh, man, that first boss, because you have to like <laughs> line stuff up. So it's all about like lining your perspective and seeing things from different perspectives. And I could not get some of those puzzles to save my life in that first boss. And I'm like, Lord have mercy, I'm never going to finish this game. So um, you're telling me you're not able to see things from other people's perspectives? I'm just telling you, John, let's watch you play through that part uh, on no, stream or in Discord. And then we can I chat have, about it. I have enough voices in my head. I don't need a video <laughs> game to help me out with that. Okay, thank you. Uh, it is definitely an intriguing perspective. Uh, next up is a game that, John, I know has been on your radar for a couple years now. Aura History Untold. Uh, this is from a team that um, the creators of Civ Five, a lot of the big name creators from that one came over, made their own team, and now they're working on this game, Aura History Untold. John, this looks phenomenal. Uh, it kind of reminds me of Civ meets like a real-time strategy, like an Age of Empires type of game, and kind of meshes them all in together. But on top of that, and again, I know Civilization does go kind of into the future. This one feels like it goes even farther into the future with some of the stuff you're able to do in kind of the future end of things, um, but also very far into the past. You have these historical figures like you do in a Civ game, uh, but it also feels like there's new levels of 
from technology to diplomacy to everything, it just feels like there's more and more layers than what we currently have in Civ. And I'm sure some of these layers are available via mods. This one, it looks like bakes them straight in. Yeah, I'm super excited for this one. This one is on my calendar. <coughs> I'm a little bummed I have to wait till fall 2024 um, because it's going to be competing with the new expansion of World of Warcraft, which is not fair. Um, but I will find time to play our... Uh, uh, no, I'm, I'm excited for it. Civ Five was a great game. The, the developers of Civ Five did a fantastic job with it. Civ Six was is great also, uh, but Five. I, I I think a lot of people would argue Civ Five was uh, possibly the pinnacle uh, of that series. It was a very very good series, and then you you add in like an Age of Empires esqueness to it as well. Uh, absolutely love the new Age of Empires. Uh, I'm, I'm a big history buff. I'm or I should say history nerd. Uh, I was probably in the rare group that enjoyed the cutscenes uh, in the campaign modes, uh, explaining everything that just happened with the illustrations and everything with the battle. So you give me any kind of historical games like this where you can build a civilization up and kind of in a weird alternate universe way experience the past, experience that history. I, I think it's always cool. It's always cool when there's some kind of element to a game that's super relatable, um, whether it's a, a, a character, a personality, or in this case, the, the history of humanity. Uh, I always find it super fascinating. So, so this game, definitely on my, on my radar, definitely a game I'm super hyped for. Uh, just absolutely bummed I have to wait till the fall to, to play it. Yeah, a little bit of a late on this one, but I do think it will be a pretty big game when it drops. It's going to drop PC first and Game Pass. Uh, after that, come next year, 2025, we should see it on Xbox consoles as well. <coughs> Ooh, there's that cough. Uh, I skipped this one a little bit earlier, but Square Enix made a surprise appearance as well. They gave us a look at the first new mainline entry in the Visions of Mana series, or the Mana series, rather. Uh, Visions of Mana, the first one in 15 years. It's going to debut on Xbox platforms in summer 2024. Uh, we got a nice little sneak peek of this one. Again, for those into JRPG titles, this one should be right down your alley. And again, it's a series that has never made its way to Xbox. So kind of a big deal here appearing uh, in this developer direct and finally making its way over to the Xbox console. Uh, I think I might pick this one up, John. Uh, it's one of those things where I've dove into JRPGs and we talk about long games. JRPGs are definitely long games. Uh, I'm playing quite a few right now, and who knows if I'll ever finish them, because it feels like they all take like 60 hours for the main quest line, not to mention all the other things you have to do. I will probably never 100% a JRPG, uh, but this is definitely one on my radar. I've heard really good things about the Mana series from a number of other people, uh, especially on social platforms who play a number of JRPGs, so if you are one of those people... This is definitely one to look forward to when it drops summer 2024. Joey, you need to fix that attitude. You are going to 100% of JRPG one day. Do you know how many hours that would take me? That's like Joey, that's, probably that's, north of 100. That's not my problem. That's a conversation you need to have with your wife. Oh, my gosh. And get it done. That's <sighs> I'll see what I can do. I'll see what I can okay. do. Um, but and first, five bucks, your character is the one with the squirrel tail. I, I mean, I'm kind of down for the squirrel tail. I know. I mean, with how much you say squirrel all the time. I mean. uh, it's true. Very accurate. Very, very accurate. But for now, let's whip it back into shape. We do have one more game to cover for the developer direct, and that is Indiana Jones and the Great Circle. Uh, John, I came into this excited and nervous for this Indiana Jones game, and I left more excited than I was expecting to. 
Uh, coming in, I was expecting something similar to what we get with Tomb Raider games, Uncharted games, that kind of puzzle, dungeon, tomb-esque game in a third-person perspective. They kind of took me off guard going first-person here. Uh, I do think the whip mechanics could be a little janky in first-person, and I'm a little nervous about that. But overall, this game looked a lot better than I was expecting in a first-person view. Uh, so I actually have not seen this. This is my <coughs> first time seeing it. Uh, there's Ooh. a couple things. There's a couple things I'm looking for. I'm looking for right now. So obviously, Indiana Jones has to deal with the Nazis, uh, which means if this game is going to be released in Germany, there can't be any swastikas or straight up like Hitler references in the game whatsoever. Very, very mm. strict anti-Nazi laws in Germany. So I'm looking for on those uniforms. Yeah, they can have the, the, the eagle on their caps, but they cannot have the swastika or any Nazi-related symbolism in there. Otherwise, they have to essentially um, create a version that does not have that uh, and take those elements out of the game. So far, I didn't see any on those uniforms. I didn't see any swastikas. I didn't see any armbands. So they're, they're batting 100 right now based upon my, my short look here. But graphic-wise, I think it looks great. Um, Solid in-game engine. Uh, I'm not going to say the graphics are super uh, impressive. Uh, I mean, but they're good. I mean, they're they're still incredibly good. Harrison Ford looks way too young uh, in this game. Uh, the, the character is definitely based off of him. I mean, he's Indiana Jones, but uh, definitely looks way too young in this game. <laughs> Oh, that spider on the arm just... Ugh. Yeah, I did not like that very much. <laughs> uh, definitely. Definitely not. Um, the first-person perspective, I think, is just very interesting, though. We've never really seen this genre take a first-person perspective. And again, I think the whip oh, oh. looks kind of like it can be a little janky at times. Yeah. Um, but it also, I don't know, there's like that thrill of it, right? Like the spider crawling down the arm. Everything with that first person, you're kind of doing it hands-on. There is a little bit of gunplay that you do see here and there as well. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I kind of like the fresh take, the ballsier take of taking it first person here. Yeah, I think that's very interesting. Um, I, I saw that what mechanic you were talking about. I'm, I'm not sold on it. It looks a little weird. The whip? Yeah. Yeah, it's a little janky, isn't it? Um, but, I mean, everything else looks fine. I mean, even when you play third-person shooters, you hop on a vehicle that's got a gun on it, it goes to first-person mode. Uh, mm -hmm. So, you know, a lot of these things aren't going to be anything like crazy groundbreaking or anything like that. But just I think the overall fact that the play style is first person uh, primarily, I think that's what's going to throw a lot of people off. Yeah, it's just very different than anything we've gotten in kind of these tomb diving games before. Uh, and there is a third person view. So whenever you're like climbing things or swinging, it will switch to third person to give you a little bit more of an environmental view, it sounds like. But overall... The combat, the puzzles, all of that will be done in first person. So it's going to bring a little bit different to the genre from what we saw from Tomb Raider and Uncharted. Switch it up a little bit and make you kind of fall into the shoes of Indiana Jones uh, and take on these puzzles and tasks in his shoes. Yeah, I don't know. Very, very interesting. I'm intrigued. Intrigued at the very least. Uh, we did not get a release date. We have 2024. So sometime this year it will be coming out. We don't know exactly when, so they could flex it to the holiday window. They could flex it a little bit earlier in early summer. Uh, they could shadow drop it with the summer showcase. Who knows? Um, but it will be coming out sometime in this upcoming year. I'll, I'll cut it down even more for you, Joey. Sometime in the next 11 months. 
Oh, very nice. Very nice. Not coming out in January. You heard it here first, folks. Indiana <laughs> Jones will not be dropping in January. Um, we didn't see it in the trailer, but there's also some really cool views, too. They're apparently going to Rome. So we know one of the locations will be the Vatican or Vatican think, City in Rome and that kind of surrounding there. area. Did we see that in there? It was very brief. He was uh, running across. Um... Yeah, I don't remember exactly where it was. Um but that's one of the locations we know. So we know Vatican City and Rome will be involved. We don't know really too many other locations at this point. Like John said, Germany is always a good offer potentially. Uh, with so it kind looks of like that. we have Cairo. Okay. Uh, right here. Looks like is. I like you doing your investigative Vatican journalism. Dome right there. Um. Let's see what else here. Uh, we have jungle, so that could either be South America or it could be Southeast Asia in some of the more jungle-heavy countries like uh, Thailand. Um, well, and the whole story is like there's a circle around the world, so different cities equal points yeah. on a circle is what it sounds like. And it looks like some kind of icy area too. And South America does hold. Uh, Back in World War II, strong ties to the Nazi uh, regime. A lot of Nazis, when they were trying to escape uh, being arrested at the end of the war, fled to South America. Uh, so, uh, you know, th th there's a lot of connection there as well. So it wouldn't surprise me if South America had a heavy influence in here, too. Uh, not knowing exactly what countries or cities are going to be thrown there, but just based upon what's popped up in here. Um, Definitely Egypt, Cairo, uh, Rome, and possibly South, South America slash Thailand-ish area uh, based upon what I saw. I like it. Again, diversity of biomes, guys. We are big fans of biomes here on the show. Uh, so glad that we'll be getting quite a few of those in this new first-person perspective Indiana Jones games when it does drop later on this year. That wrapped it up for the developer direct. Uh, I thought it was a pretty good show overall. I'd probably give it around a B, B+. Um, I do think there's always room for improvement. There's a little bit more talking than I would have liked in this one. I do love the idea of hearing directly from the developers, but I don't think many fans want to hear too, too much. They want to see a lot more gameplay. So I do think there's a little bit of a balance thing there, and I think they did a pretty good job. Again, B-plus is probably what I would grade it. Um, I think they could have given a little bit more gameplay, maybe a little bit more secure on some of the dates. I like hearing fall 2024, but it would have been nice to hear September 2024. Uh, something a little bit more specific, so... Gamers can kind of plan ahead a little bit better, uh, as well as just kind of feel a little bit more confident that those games will be landing in the windows that we are given. Last but not least for the Xbox section, just a quick tease. Halo Infinite Season 6 and Halo uh, the Championship Series Season 3. Uh, it sounds like will both be revealed tomorrow, January 19th, 2 p.m. Eastern Time. Again, Halo kind of was one of the top live service games of this past year, putting out a ton of different stuff. 60-something maps and playlists. I know John's yawning over there, but the Spartans know. The Spartans truly know. Uh, a lot of great deliveries this past year, and hopefully Season 6 will continue to deliver when it drops later this month. Over to PC, we have Elder Scrolls Online. This one followed the developer direct from Xbox, and we got a look at their next expansion, The Golden Road. John, we do have a YouTube video in here if you want to go ahead and throw that on there. Um, just a quick little look, a teaser per se. Um, it's on that Twitter link, I think. Or X link, rather. Um, Call just it Twitter. 
Yeah, I know, for real. Uh, a little look at the teaser of what we're going to get here. As is typical with MMO expansions, you get some nice zone action, uh, a new zone, a new dungeon, new cosmetics, all that goodness. I really don't know a ton about ESO, so I can't get into the specifics, um, but there is kind of going to be a new, um, it's not scripting, scribing system maybe, um, that a lot of people are super excited about, as well as some teases to updates for housing coming later this year. Um, overall, I was talking to John about this earlier. It seems like every single time they drop a new expansion for ESO, I am so tempted to give it a go. Like, again, I love the way the layout looks. I think the lands are really intriguing. Tons of different class variety and weapon variety. Uh, it's one of those MMOs that has always kind of caught my eye. But again, I've never given it a try. Maybe this is the time I do. Maybe it isn't. Um, but at least so far, this new expansion looks pretty good from an outsider's perspective. Uh, John, coming in as kind of our resident MMO player, what are your thoughts over here on this? Does it look like this is something that is going to be a good grab for MMO players with this new kind of scribing system uh, as well as kind of a new zone coming in once again? It could be. I mean, new mechanics, new talent trees uh, are, are easy ways to shake up MMOs, right? It's something Blizzard has done quite well with World of Warcraft, uh, for now, 19 years of, of World of Warcraft. Uh, absolutely freaking insane. But, uh, yeah, it's it's something that is very common within MMOs. The, the biggest issue is, uh, will ESO pull enough people away from other MMORPGs uh, to play it? Because at, at the end of the day, like we, we talked about it a little bit when we were talking about you know games fighting for uh, a player's time, MMOs are the biggest sink of time in, in the gaming industry. Um, content patches, uh, special events, uh, in-game free battle passes based upon uh, doing replayable missions or replayable raids or dungeons or whatever. Um, you know, mount hunting and just small things in that game that keep the game fresh even when new content isn't being dropped. Uh, changing uh, talent trees or or specs with with new sub patches getting you ready for a big patch coming you know two three quarters down the road or even next year for an expansion whatever it may be um it's just one of those things it, it's it, there's so much to do in an mmorpg that if you are not already invested in that ecosystem for that mmorpg it is really, really hard to start unless you're turning away other games. Unless you're saying, you know, hey, I'm done with Guild Wars 2. Hey, I'm done with Final Fantasy. Hey, I'm done with World of Warcraft. I'm looking for another MMORPG, and ESO is going to be it. Uh, and that's where I'm going to go to. Cool. That's great. Uh, if you're able to find that time to do that, good. There, there's very few people that can play these games at, at a high level where you're going for in-game content and you're able to do that in multiple MMORPGs. And that's always been the issue is who can dethrone World of Warcraft when it comes to players? Yeah, Anytime an ESO expansion comes out or another MMORPG comes out, yeah, Blizzard takes a little bit of a hit when it comes to uh, people subbing to their game. But uh, Blizzard's coming off of one of their strongest expansions in literally five years since legion everything in between legion and dragonfly was absolute hot alliance crap 
and uh you know i'm not biased uh um but dragonflight was great and and the fact that blizzcon hyped up the next three expansions has the wow community at levels of hype i haven't seen in in probably 10 years you take that hype and try to convince people to pull away from that to go to eso when we know there's a new expansion coming out in fall in eight months when we know that there's all these different quality of life changes coming, it is so hard to pull people away from established MMORPGs to get them into your game. Or even more challenging, people quitting your game, trying to convince them to come back and stay back when they come back. That's super difficult to do in an MMORPG. And I feel like that's what uh, ESO is going to have. You're going to have the, har- the hardcore gamers in that community. They're going to be there. It's the other people that you need to draw in. You know, Joey, you may say, hey, you know what? I'm going to give this a shot. You know, I'm going to see if this is the MMORPG for me. And then after three months, you realize, you know, maybe it's not for me. And then you realize that you're now 0 for 2 when it comes to MMORPGs because WoW wasn't for you and ESO wasn't for you. You know, that goes to show that and just using you as an example, not saying this is your opinion or anything. Oh, no, I 100% think I agree with where this is going. (laughs) You know, it's, it's you realize after that three months, you know, you go, oh, my gosh, I literally have to play this game every day. I have to make sure I'm getting my dailies done. I have to make sure I'm progressing because once the new expansion comes out and everything is considered old content, it gets squished and it's not the same anymore. Starting WoW now is not the same as starting back in Burning Crusade or Wrath, or even Kata, or even Mist of Pandera. You can go all the way back to, to Legion. Starting in Legion before the massive level squish, you could still play WoW how it was supposed to. Now you can't. Even with this chromy time where you can go back in time to play whatever expansion you want, by the time you hit level 60, you are forced to go to Dragonflight, and you miss the end game for all of those other expansions. It's that's just the way it works. And that's the way all successful MMORPGs work is you realize, holy crap, there's all this time I have to sink into it. I have other things I want to do with my time. I can't do that. That's always the biggest issue. Yeah, it's tough. And like you said, you kind of have to choose. If you're going to play one, you pretty much have to play that one. And even then, it's hard to find time for your other games, whether it be FIFA or MLB The Show uh, or a new indie game or a Vow or something later this year as well. So the, the, the it amount is of times, all about choices. The amount of times Joey and I have been in Discord and I'm streaming WoW for him. And then he pulls his Xbox app up and sees I'm playing FIFA or, or EAFC or, or MLB The Show or another game on Xbox at the same time is absurd. He'll be like, are you really playing two games at once? I'm like, yes. <laughs> I got to find time. I'm waiting for this spawn to come up. I got like 30 more seconds. I can play a little bit of EAFC. Real right. Quick. Between the spawns and the yeah. traveling. It takes it's forever like, to fly from one area to another yeah, area. If there's not a warp. <laughs> yep. Definitely a lot for the ESO players out there. Just a quick rundown of some of these things arriving March 11th for PC and Mac and March 26th for Xbox and PlayStation consoles. 
is going to be the Scions of Athalia Dungeon DLC. This is going to include, I believe, two dungeons that are going to take place after last year's Necrom chapter and get you ready for the Gold Road ahead. Um, let's see this experience, the upcoming chapter, the Gold Road, will be arriving June 3rd for PC and Mac players and June 18th for those on console. So again, lots of goodness coming. Starting in March, you have those two new dungeons, both four-player dungeons, Oathsworn Pit and Bedlam Vale. And then again in June is when you see that big new chapter, the Gold Road Drop, for both PC and consoles, Xbox and PlayStation, a little bit later in the summer. Uh, lots of really good things to look forward to if you're on ESO, and I may give it a try. I may not, given those reasons that John just gave uh, <laughs> and the same reasons I give myself in my head every time I think about it. But who knows? Maybe I'll dive in, try the character creator out, and see what happens from there. Do it. Uh, next up, we have some multi-plat general gaming news before we wrap up today's show. Um, we won't dive into this one, but just for the Diablo 4 players out there, Season of the Construct kicks off January 23rd. There was a big Diablo live stream today at noon for those in the Eastern time zone. Uh, go check that out if you want details on that new season and what to expect when Season of the Construct drops next week. In the sports game genre, we have two bits of sports game news. The first one is a big one that a lot of people on the OTN Discord server which is discord.me forward slash OTN, have been looking forward to for quite a while. It got delayed from last year, but now it is set to come out. That is EA Sports College Football set to drop July 12th, 2024. John, will you and Coach Prime be taking the field? Absolutely. We're going to be running out behind Ralphie coming out into Folsom Field in beautiful Boulder, Colorado. You absolutely bet I will be. I freaking love this title. I hate when they got rid of it. Next up, EA, listen to me, and I'm going to be very direct. NCAA March Madness needs to come back next. Oh, yes, please. Hands down. Before you do anything else, and I do think you should expand. I really do. I think there should be NCAA softball. I think there should be NCAA baseball. Put those two together. Um, I think there should be other collegiate games coming out also because it's a great marketing tool for colleges also. Two. After you get NCAA basketball out there um, and you have those joint games like baseball and softball, I want to see female cover athletes. I want to see same thing with NCAA March Madness. Have women's team in there well as well. Put women ballers on the cover. I mean, Joey, you know, I don't know if you're paying attention, but like our, our own alma mater, uh, our women's team is 13 and three. They're killing it. And just absolutely demolished the reigning N- A-10 champion St. Louis here at home in Fairfax, uh, like 77 to, to 42. It was an absolute demolish. Uh, you know, that's what we want to see. I mean, put legendary <laughs> coach Pat Summit on the cover from Tennessee. Uh, put, uh, you know, um, uh, the the UConn women's team on there as well. They're oh, yeah. absolutely incredible. Uh, I want to see more women's sports represented in these titles. Well, obviously, you can't do it for football because there is no women's equivalent of football in the NCAA. But for basketball, which is going to be coming next, EA, you listen to me, you include the women's game also. Simple as that. And if you say no, guess what? There's a beautiful thing in the NCAA called Title IX. Uh, and that will probably hurt your chances at getting March Madness back out there. So that's what I want to see next is March Madness. I want to see baseball and softball, and I also want to see female representation on the cover art as well. 
Yeah, I mean, I definitely think there's a market for it, right? You look at yeah. what does the best in college sports. Obviously, the football championship pulls in tons of views, but right behind it is March Madness, uh, both the male and female pulling in tons of viewership. Uh, there's UConn women always making a nice run, but on the men's side, that big 64-team bracket that always seems to cause lots of chaos. Yes. Um, I definitely think there's a lot of potential for there. And to drop that game right around March Madness time or shortly after, I think would be a very, very big marketing play. Next up in the world of sports, a little bit more news. We have 2K making some moves this time. They've announced the return of Top Spin Tennis. Uh, we've seen tennis games kind of take over recently and do really, really well out there. And it looks like this is going to be one returning from about a decade away from sales. Uh, this one, Top Spin 2K25, will be making its way back once again. Aside from confirmation that the Australian Open would be in the game, no other details about the game, including its features and release date, were revealed with the teaser trailer that 2K dropped. So still plenty of question marks around it, um, but it does seem like tennis will once again be having a resurgence in gaming, especially console gaming, when this one does drop later on. Yeah, I, I tried to play the video and the audio kicked on. It was really freaking loud. <laughs> uh, so if you're if you're wondering what that face was about, uh, it, it was the audio kicking in. <laughs> there you go. Uh, just a little bit more news here. We have Rocksteady's co-founders that recently getting ready to put out the Suicide Squad game. Suicide Squad killed the Justice League, uh, and they have now left the studio and established their own new studio in London. Uh, that new studio is going to be 100 Star Games, and they have already begun recruiting over there as well. So if you were a fan of the different games you got out of Rocksteady, particularly the Batman games, those were really the big ones they led, um, but also the lead on this most recent Suicide Squad game. They have now departed, made their own studio after being at Rocksteady since 2004. Uh, That's a very long tenure there, a 20-year tenure at the game, uh, and then eventually, or at that studio rather, now eventually moving on and creating their own. So it should be interesting to see how it ends up coming together. Um, again, Suicide Squad was the last game that they had worked on over there before they departed in 2022. That one now about to come out, and then hopefully a few years later we will hear about their new game coming from 100 Star very soon. Last but not least is Ubisoft. They are changing the way some of their subscription services work, mainly because of how PlayStation Plus and Game Pass are doing, kind of taking the pros and cons from those services and trying to move them into their own service. So for those who are on Xbox, PC, or Amazon Luna, you now have a new tier available. That is the Ubisoft Plus Premium tier at $17.99 a month, kind of matching what we have with that Game Pass Ultimate pricing. But again, instead of Xbox and other games, you're only getting Ubisoft games with this service. It's going to mirror the Game Pass Ultimate offering, offering new releases on day one. That's a very, very big factor here. Early access when applicable, premium additions, monthly rewards, and more. And it will be available with shared access across Xbox, PC, and Amazon Luna. So you don't have to buy it three times. You can buy it once and have access to it on, again, Xbox consoles, PC, and that Amazon Luna cloud device. Uh, For the other players on PC, as well as those on PlayStation, there's the Ubisoft Plus Classics tier will be available to you for $7.99 a month. This will include a curated selection of popular backlog, back catalog games, uh, and live service games as well. This one's available directly for PC subscribers or available to PlayStation Plus subscribers through the extra and premium tiers of PlayStation Plus. So again, if you're on Xbox, PC, or Amazon Luna, you have that new premium mm-hmm. tier available. If you're on PC, you also have a classic tier available, which you can also subscribe to on PlayStation through the PlayStation Plus higher tiers. So Ubisoft trying to do their thing. Uh, I know, John, you're shaking your head over there. 
I like it in a sense, right? Like I think it's a, it's a reasonable service. Uh, you, I think the fact they're putting games in their day one is a big buy for anyone who's really into like, say Assassin's Creed games or Skull and Bones, God rest their soul. Um, any of those kind of games that you want to see day one from Ubisoft, this is a good deal. I mean, instead of shelling out $60, $70 for those games, you can get it for $18 that month. Now, an Assassin's Creed game is going to take a very long time to play through. So this is not going to be something where I can like reserve a month, play Ubisoft Plus for a month and be done with that game. You're probably going to have to subscribe for a while if you're going to play through an Assassin's Creed game. And I think that's where they're going to kind of get you on the service um, versus some people doing things kind of a la carte here or there with like a Game Pass or a PlayStation Plus and saying, hey, I want to play God of War this month, so I'll go ahead and download it uh, versus something like this where, again, you're going to have to make kind of that big time commitment to get through some of these Ubisoft games. Uh, The classics tier, I think, is also a nice touch. You can get some of the classic Ubisoft games. I don't know what those classics are, um, (laughs) but they they are there at a cheaper price. Um, depending what they end up looking like there as well. So uh, again, it's in a day and age where I think subscription services are king, but king to the point where it's getting more expensive than cable on the TV side. And I'm wondering if eventually it's going to get to the excessive expensive side of the gaming side as well. Uh, I mean, if you have an Xbox and you have Ubisoft Plus and you have EA Play and you have PlayStation, you're looking at paying over $100 something a month. Um, So you really have to pick and choose between these subscription services nowadays as well. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. This is not worth it at all. Um, even if you're a fan of Assassin's Creed, I'm sorry. Buy, just buy the game. You're going to save money in the long run. Just buy the game. Uh, Ubisoft does not have enough catalog to justify $18 a month. Uh, most of their games are single-player games that are very long, tell a great story. They're incredible games. I'm a big Assassin's Creed fan, but I'm also a fan of not paying $18 a month while I play it for the six, seven months it's going to take me to get through the game. Because now you're paying well over $100 right. in that time period for a $60, $70 game. Just buy the game. It makes sense for Xbox. It makes sense for PlayStation to offer a catalog of games for this price. 800 900 1,000 games you can access for $18 a month, and like you said, Joey, one month I want to play God of War, maybe the next month I want to play something else, and then pick God of War back up three months later. You can do that, because you're also paying $18 for hundreds and thousands of games, not 50 games that are all old, that are all games you've probably played. Like, I'm sorry, Joey, I don't want to go back and play Assassin's Creed Brotherhood. I want to go back and play Assassin's Creed 2. I want to play the new Assassin's Creed. Like I'm not going to go back and replay those games. There's very few first-player games that I've played through in the last 15 years that I would want to go back and play through the entire thing again. Maybe games that I really resonated with, i.e. Metal Gear Solid, um, but those games are few and far between. Like I don't think a lot of people are going to go out there and be like, oh, sweet, 18 bucks a month, I could play Assassin's Creed 1 again. No, no, like abs- no, absolutely not. I, I think, I think it's horribly priced. I like the idea. I think eighteen is way too high. This is a a nine ninety nine a month max for this um, because you're not offering much. And cool, great, you get first access to those great titles. Okay, cool, awesome. Uh, at nine ninety nine a month for me to pay full price on an Assassin's Creed game, I would have to play for eight months. 
to me, <coughs> that is a decent deal. Maybe it takes me nine months. And then Ubisoft makes a little bit more money. Cool, great, awesome. I, but I also have access to all these other games. So really, it, it's a win-win. But not when it's going to take you eight months to play the new Assassin's Creed game and you're going to be paying over $200 for it. So to me, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the biggest comparison, right? You look at Game Pass, price of the same thing, and you're getting a lot more of a catalog when it comes to Game Pass. Uh, again, hundreds of games on there versus Ubisoft that is definitely getting smaller, like you argued, John. And, and I think that's the really biggest drawback here, right? Like, games are getting more and more expensive, so I get where they're coming from price point-wise. But when you look at competing services, if I'm going to choose Xbox Game Pass or if I'm going to choose Ubisoft Plus, one, I'm getting a lot more games from. Now, again, if I'm a super fan of Assassin's Creed, I'd probably just buy the game outright, like you're saying, uh, versus this Ubisoft subscription. Now, if they start coming out with tons of titles, you have a new Watch Dogs, you have a new Assassin's Creed, and they're coming back-to-back months, and somehow you found enough free time to play both, then sure, maybe it would be worth that price at that point. Um, but again, you're looking at games that are very long, and you're looking at games that are very deep, and to try to find time to play multiple of those is going to be tough. Uh, and that kind of comes down to what John was saying, where it's going to add up over time, right? If it's going to take you six months to play, you're paying almost $20 a month for those six months, and then eventually you could have just bought the game outright for much cheaper earlier on. Uh, so that is definitely something to worry about. Uh, if you're caring about your finances uh, when it comes to gaming, uh, definitely do the maths before you dive right into this subscription here. Okay, sir, I think that does it for today's episode. Again, very developer direct heavy, a lot to discuss there on the Xbox side, and we should have a lot more to discuss as far as PlayStation and Nintendo as we move into February. I'm assuming we'll get a Nintendo Switch Direct, maybe even two with the Pokemon Presents as well, uh, and then we should be hearing something about a state of play probably from PlayStation in February as well. That awkward moment where your phone does not collect, connect to the Bluetooth. Does uh, not to connect the, to the Bluetooth. The outro. So, so even the technology is is struggling uh, here today. Yeah, guys, thanks for the welcome back, too. I try not to cough my head off too much. For the podcast listeners, it might be a little loud at times. I apologize. Um, but we're getting over this cold. We're working our way back into the system. And also, guys, I have a cool indie article coming later this month that I need to ask John to design a graphic for at some point. But that will be coming out at some point later in January, early February, uh, as far as some indie games to look forward to in 2024. Oh, are we honestly not going to connect now? I don't know. I'm trying to buy you time over here, but I can only do uh, so you much are, before and, I go into a coffee fit. I, I do appreciate the the effort here. Um, this is just technology at its finest. Um, this is when you're a first person in that Indiana Jones game and someone steps on your whip and you just don't know what to do. You're just kind of pulling on it, and it's just not connecting, and here you are. It's just 21st century technology here. Uh, at the Level Up Podcast. But we did get cameras to work. That is a plus. Uh, now we have music as well. Look at us moving right yeah. into 2024. Nation, we did it. We did it. Somehow we did it. Uh, it's, it's been a hot mess. But you know what? <laughs> we made it through. I like that. Nation, that does it for this edition of Level Up Live. But before you go, make sure you follow the show on Twitch to catch the next episode of Level Up Live. If you listen to the show on our podcast feed, please do leave us a review. The Level Up Podcast is available on Spotify iTunes and Google Play and your podcatcher of choice. Just look us up. We would love to hear from you. In fact, we love to hear from our community so much. There are multiple ways for you to reach out to us. Joey, what are those ways? Absolutely, guys. Head over to Twitter slash X and Facebook and find us at OTN Media. And you can also find us on Instagram and threads at OTN underscore media. 
Last but not least, hit us up with a follow over here on Twitch as well. Twitch.tv forward slash OTM Media. We appreciate all subs, prime subs, money subs, whatever you want to give us, as well as viewership. Come in, tune into our streams throughout the week, including the Level Up podcast, which broadcasts Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. We take payments in Girl Scout cookies, too. Make sure to tune in next week, Thursday, January 25th, as we continue to cover the latest and greatest in gaming news. Do your ears and eyes a favor. Hit that sub and follow button to know when the next episode of Level Up Live is ready for your entertainment pleasures. We will catch you all next week. Enjoy your weekend. Remember, be nice to your fellow gamers online. And as always, Level Up. up.